Welcome to the Professional Writer Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Christensen, and I'm here to help you confidently plan, launch, and grow your writing-related business. You'll find the show notes and a transcript of this episode, as well as a link to join our private Facebook community at bloggingbistro.com. Our topic today is going to be creativity and how creativity is going to help you as a writer. Now, you might be thinking, well, Laura, all writers are creatives, right? <laughs> we are creative people. But I have a guest with me today, Jeanette Hanscom, who is going to reveal maybe some things about creativity that we haven't thought about in a while or haven't thought about in this particular manner. So welcome, Jeanette Hanscom. Glad to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Laura. It's good to be here. Jeanette and I uh, have known each other for a long time. We met at a writer's conference, which is where I meet many of my writer friends. We've gotten to know each other pretty well over the last, what is it, three or four years, Jeanette, that we've been on a board of a writer's conference together. And I'll tell you, friends, you can't go wrong with knowing Jeanette. Jeanette, you're one of my favorite people and you are unfailingly (laughs) encouraging. Even when I know you're going through hard times yourself, you are always so encouraging of other people. And that's one of the things that I really value so much about you and your friendship is the the big encouragement that you've given me over the years as a writer and just as a person and a friend. Oh, thank you. That means a lot to me. So let me tell you a little bit about Jeanette. She lives in the San Francisco Bay Area, and she is the proud mom of two sons. One is an adult and one is in college. Is, is that an up-to-date resume? They're yes, in college they and just okay. started um, started college. And you are the author of five books. A couple of those are Suddenly Single Mom, 52 Messages of Hope, Grace, and Promise. And then another one of your books is Running with Roselle, which you co-authored with blind 9-11 survivor Michael Hingson. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yes, you did. Yeah. Jeanette, you are a woman of of many talents. You've been in the writing arena for uh, many, many years. What is it, over 25 years or more now? Yeah, about 25 years. I started attending writers' conferences in 1995. Well, you and I have been in the in the writing business about the same amount of time because 1995 is kind of when the writing part of my career really kind of got jump-started and I was doing a lot of freelance writing for magazines back at that time in my career. And you've also written hundreds and hundreds of articles and devotions for magazines, correct? Yes, yeah, and contributed to several devotional books, mostly with guidepost books. Those are good ones to contribute to, right? Guidepost books. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And once I started writing for them, I I started getting repeat work. I look forward to it every single year. And you're also a speaker and a conference workshop leader, a freelance editor, a writing coach, and last but not least, a member of West Coast Christian Writers Conference Board, which is where we met and began working together. So you are the epitome, Jeanette, of a professional writer where you have multiple income streams and multiple projects that you're involved in Mm -hmm. in any given time. Before we jump into talking about creativity, I wanted to ask you about those multiple income streams for just a couple of minutes, because this is a question that many people who are in the beginning phases, in the early phases of planning their writing-related business have trouble with. They're like, I want to write a book, I want to be an author, but making a full-time income as an author is challenging at the least. And so most of us who are in writing related businesses, in addition to writing books, we do 
other writing related things on the side. And so you do several things that I think are really interesting. You provide manuscript critique. If I was a writer and I wanted to have my manuscript critiqued and I came to you, what sorts of things would you help me with? A critique is an evaluation of the strengths and weaknesses in your manuscript. It's a nice way of having a non-biased person who knows the genre that you're writing in and who also knows the publishing industry a little bit and who has a really strong knowledge of what makes a story good, you know, what editors look for, what readers look for, and also understands, you know, the rules of grammar and punctuation and spelling, but mostly is going to look at the big picture of your project, whether it's a book or an article or a short story or a devotion. They might know you, but are really connecting more to the manuscript than you as a person. In other words, they're not taking it personally. They're not throwing mm-hmm. their opinion into it. As often as I can, I try to keep my opinion out of the process. Although sometimes I will make a comment based on my reaction as a reader. You know, as a reader, this is how this struck me. It's a process that's different from editing in that we're not necessarily looking at focusing as much on the grammar and format as we are focusing on the content and the, the, the message of your manuscript and whether you're getting across what you want to get across. What's good? What are you doing right? In what area are you really headed in the right direction? How is your voice unique? How is this story unique? But then also what could make it better? You know, not necessarily what's wrong with it. I mean, really, it is we are looking at what's possibly wrong with it, what might be keeping you from getting a a yes from an editor or agent. Mm -hmm. You know, if you maybe you have taken this project to writers conferences, and just haven't been getting the responses that you were hoping for, you know, what what might be causing that? What could make this a little what could make this stronger? Yeah, that's what a critique is. It's, but instead of going, because many writers are in critique groups, Mm -hmm. instead of going to a critique group where you're getting several opinions, you're getting one person's feedback based on a lot of experience Mm -hmm. and knowledge. That sounds like that could be really a helpful service for someone. Do you have a particular type of manuscript that you most enjoy critiquing, or are you critiquing manuscripts all across the board in fiction and nonfiction? I really enjoy critiquing devotion, devotionals and fiction, usually contemporary women's. I've also done some historical mm-hmm. and YA, middle grade. One genre that I'd say I probably don't have the expertise to critique would be speculative. Mm-hmm. That's just not something I, I read or um, feel like that's my, that's not my lane. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good. Stay in your lane. YA and contemporary women's fiction and some historical and devotionals is your yes. number one and thing. Yes, general nonfiction you... also. Oh, and memoir also. I, oh, and I, memoir. I, right. Yes, memoir. you're a memoir writer as well. Okay. And so in addition to doing manuscript critiques, and thank you so much, Jeanette, that was a really helpful explanation of how a critique is different from an edit. I know you also do content editing. And here's another cool service that you offer is book proposal coaching. 
oh, wow, that would be so helpful. I always am meeting people who say, I've got this book proposal, but I'm not sure I put the right sort of information into the proposal. And so is this the type of coaching that you do with somebody before they send their proposal to an agent or editor? Or do you do it maybe after they've sent it in and they're not getting such positive feedback on their proposal or both? Both. Yes. I could work with them before. And also, like you said, after they have tried submitting it and aren't getting a lot of yeses or, or invitations to send the manuscript. And I enjoy coaching authors in general. I mean, just coaching them through whatever stage they're at and trying to get to the next one, you know, trying to take their writing to the next level or even how to get started at all. <laughs> If you were to break down percentage-wise the amount of your business that you spend doing, say, content editing versus critiquing versus coaching versus writing books versus writing articles, (laughs) could you assign percentages to those different aspects of your writing-related business? I would say I probably spend about a third of my time. Lately, I've been doing a lot of coaching. So about a third of my time is probably spent coaching and about a third of my time I'd say is spent writing articles, contributing to devotionals. And then the rest is spent on, I have to remind myself to assign time to working on my own writing. That that ends up becoming a struggle because, because what I end up doing is I say, well, this isn't earning me any money right now. Suddenly, I devalue my own writing, which is Mm -hmm. a trap that I've gotten into that I I am working on right now. Is that allowing that to be as important as my work that brings in income? Yeah, that is a tricky one, isn't it, Jeanette? I face that same thing where my business and working with clients and doing coaching and building websites for clients is how I pay the rent. I'm a single income uh, earner in my family, and I know you are as well. The income from the writing-related things we do is a very important part of our lives. And I find that sometimes it's a struggle to just devote time to the writing part for me. Because when I do spend time doing the writing, my own writing that I want to do, I feel so fulfilled and so energized. Is that the case for you too, yes. Jeanette? Yes. Where it's like this, this, this joy that I like, oh, I forgot how, how fun this is and how satisfying it is. And then I let myself slip into the guilt thing. And I'm not sure why. I mean, I don't remember mm. feeling guilty about it when I first started writing. <laughs> Well, and and that kind of leads us to our main topic of conversation today, which is creativity as a writer. Now, during the, this last six, eight months where the world has kind of slowed down or, or come to a screeching halt for many of us, I have heard so many writers just say, oh, I just can't, you know, I thought I was going to work on all these projects during lockdown and get all this stuff done. And I'm having trouble just getting out of bed in the morning, first of all, and then concentrating and focusing and getting anything written. So, so many writers are struggling to write. Has that been the case for you too, Jeanette? Yes. I was shocked by how hard writing became because like so many other writers, you know, I thought I'm going to use this time well. I mean, this isn't what I wanted. This is terrible, but I'm going to use this time to my advantage. And I had these writing goals. I had a book proposal I was going to finish. I found that I couldn't focus on anything. 
I would turn the computer on and I would just finding myself doing stupid things like just scrolling through Facebook, even though it was just making me more angry and more stressed yes. out. <laughs> Been there, done that. Doing exactly what they tell you not to do. And, yeah. and, and <laughs> it helped when I found out that other people were struggling too. I thought I was the only one who was failing lockdown. I thought I am failing I'm, lockdown. Oh. Failing this test. I'm going to have nothing to show for this. I was looking at your blog and in a recent post you wrote, everyone I know, the honest ones anyway, felt like they were living in a disaster film or they were in a superhero movie waiting for the superheroes to show up or in a yes. dystopian novel. <laughs> yeah. So it describes the way we all feel, I think. We all feel like it's still, we're still waiting this for the superheroes. We, we are waiting. We are waiting. And so we're living in the new normal now and having to adjust on the fly to all these crazy unexpected things that are happening in our world. What are some of the things that you've been doing, Jeanette, that you've found helpful? Well, one thing I have been trying to do is find new ways to connect because I have never been more aware of how much I love people than when we were told to stay six feet apart and limit who we spend time with. I mean, this six, you know, 12 people in a social bubble, I'm like, no, that's not enough. That's not, a, I need five bubbles. <laughs> and I and I have a I'm kind of an introvert. I have a side of me that is very introverted and needs my space. And then there's another side of me that really loves to connect with people. So I guess I'm right down the maybe I'm not an introvert. I'm right down the middle. I have had to find creative ways to connect with people, even if it's talking over the phone, getting together with somebody, even if we have to sit further away from each other than we normally would, mm. finding ways to get out of the isolation. I have also had to sometimes give myself permission to not be able to write, you know, kind of give myself permission to struggle. Because as soon as I started seeing it as a bad thing, that I was somehow doing something wrong, or I was failing lockdown, <laughs> then I just made it worse. Once I started seeing it as normal, that was helpful. And being honest about it, and talking about it with friends and saying, oh, this is really hard for me. And staying away from the people who, who kind of shut you down and, oh, well, you know, that's just the way it is right now. We're just going to have to accept this. Like, no, I'm accepting it, but it's hard. Really, I think being careful who we talk to even. If um, being with people who are supportive and, who, I mean, not that they're going to, you know, encourage you to wallow and <laughs> stay in that place, but at least they're supportive and will admit their own struggles. That's helped too. And I have really been helped by using this time to do things that I wouldn't normally have had time to do when I was so busy, you know, that I was busy with worship team at church, which I loved and I really miss and singing in a community chorus. We're, we're actually doing some online rehearsals now, but still, it's just not the same and it's not taking up as much time. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're just not doing as much as we used to do. I've just found that it's been helpful to use the time that I used to fill with a lot of activity to explore other types of creativity, do things that I never would have, I w didn't have time for. Like I learned how to draw. I mean, I didn't like really take a class or anything. I just, you know, looked up, got out some books and 
started copying some pictures and found, oh, wow, I can draw. I never thought I could. I thought I could draw flowers and I could draw hearts. And that was about it. But once I just gave myself permission to try, I thought, no one's going to see this. It's not like I'm, this is going to be my new career. I relaxed and I found that I really enjoyed it. Well, what really helped is my parents, who my son and I live with, started watching Bob Ross. You know that artist with the huge hair that draws happy little trees and happy little <laughs> clouds? He died about 10 years ago, I think, but he's still on YouTube and he has the most soothing voice. Hmm. And one of his famous lines is, there are no mistakes, just happy accidents. Oh, there are no mistakes, just happy accidents. Yes. I like that. So I, thought, I can do happy accidents. <laughs> lots and lots of happy accidents. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and once I made, gave myself permission to make lots of happy accidents, <laughs> I enjoyed, found that I really enjoyed drawing and, and doing creative lettering. I've done that for a long time, but uh -huh. I tried brush pens for the first time. Ooh. They're very smooth. So they're relaxing. They look like a marker, but when you draw them, they have uh -huh. sort of a paintbrush calligraphy pen effect. And they take a while to get the hang of. Once you do, I, I just find them really soothing, even if it mm. looks like a mess. They're just fun. If you enjoy writing tools, the activity of drawing and doing you know, using brush pens and just kind of trying a new type of art, it's been relaxing. It's been really soothing. It's boosted my confidence in, the, in what I can do. Mm. It's been a way of saying, well, if nothing else, during lockdown, I found a new talent that I didn't know I had. I think when we get a little intimidated sometimes when we think of being creative or being artistic, we think we have to have a product in the at the end that could be in a museum. And it's like, oh. no, it's just having fun. It's just expressing yourself and, and tapping into that creative side of our brains where our ideas yeah. come from and our and our passion because as writers we are creatives we think a little I think differently than the rest of the world we look at at the world through a different lens I think when we can do something that stimulates that it encourages us it calms us down when we're when we're feeling anxious I find that sometimes if I'm struggling to write and I do another kind of creativity for a while. Like I enjoy knitting and crocheting. If I sit and knit mm -hmm. something or crochet, then the ideas will come while I am doing this other activity that is where I'm not, you know, sometimes when we stop trying so hard, we stop trying so hard to force something that's not coming. And then we sit down and we do something else that's enjoyable maybe something we've always wanted to try, but have not had the time for or not had the courage to try. Or something that we love that once we sit down and do it, it just gives us such joy, it gives us peace, that can either awaken the idea we were looking for to begin with, or bring something else to like, oh, wait a minute, maybe I want to go in this direction <laughs> for my story or or if nothing else, we feel like we're doing something with our time besides sitting and staring at a screen and waiting mm -hmm. for an idea that's not coming. I like it. Doing something creative like that, it lets that writing part of your brain kind of rest and rejuvenate. Mm -hmm. and it's like it gives it a, a little nap. I always discover as I'm doing something creative, no matter how mundane it may seem, that, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm coming up with an idea for a blog post or an article or something that I want to do to help this particular client that I'm working with. It just seems to flow 
when I allow that writing part of my brain to just go into neutral for a while and I do something creative, then I discover that I become more creative as a writer because of it. Yeah. So what are some fun suggestions that you could offer that writers might want to try in terms of engaging that creative side of our brains? Well, I would suggest that if, like, say if you're a fiction writer and your char- one of your characters has a talent that you try that talent you try you know, maybe your your mm. your character is a painter or your character is you know does pencil sketching try it you may discover that you have a talent for it too or that you just really enjoy it or maybe try something where you would be able that would allow you to maybe make a gift for someone I enjoy making room sprays out of essential oils and mm-hmm. I give them as gifts. And those roller balls, those essential oil roller yes, balls. Yes, I have one. one. Of those. Yeah. I have a Jeanette roller ball. <laughs> <laughs> Anything with scent in it, I love it. <laughs> I love making those. And you know, if you can come up with something that uh, that makes it possible for you to get a jump start on Christmas or someone's birthday or um, reach out to your writer friends with a you know surprise gift, and then do that. I enjoy making things that inspire me. Like I have a necklace that I made. My sister and I found these charms in Michael's that are miniature books. It's a little copy of Little Women, and I made it into a necklace. It's just on a little piece of suede that is also from Michael's. And so you can do that. Just string a fun charm, whether it's a book or a typewriter key and add a bead and, and you have an inspirational piece of jewelry to wear while you write. If you enjoy lettering or drawing, you know, write your word for the year. Or the other night, I just wrote the word write in fancy letters and r- drew a border around it. And, you know, something you can hang on your wall or put next to you while when you're having a hard time you can write the word focus (laughs) something that's going to perk up your writing space those are great things for writers to try great ideas Jeanette I think we're going to wrap up today by circling back to something that you mentioned a few minutes ago and that is the importance of stepping away from your computer yes Yes. And I I think not only because we tend to waste a lot of time just staring at the screen, waiting for it for an idea that's not that's not working. Moving gets our brain stimulated. But Mm -hmm. also you think about how much time we spend sitting as writers. We need to force ourselves to exercise in addition to um, trying other kinds of creativity. We need to get up. We need to move. It's it's healthy for us physically and it's healthier for us mentally. And that's really, I think, when the ideas start coming is when we get outside, we take a walk, we look at God's creativity. I mean, God is the author of creativity and he was, he is, he was and is extremely creative. You know, look at his creation and get out in the air and, and breathe and, and enjoy listening to the birds and looking at the flowers and that that can get us rejuvenated again. And if nothing else will be health healthier writers overall oh, because yes. we're you know we're getting we're getting up we're, we're not sitting all getting day 
Yeah. And the physical health also affects the emotions and the spiritual health. I think all three go hand in hand yes, in hand. Definitely. They go in tandem. What type of exercise do you enjoy doing when you get away from your computer? I go, I take a lot of walks in our neighborhood. We have just have a nice, some nice walking paths. We have this little man-made lake ah. that I walk to. And sometimes I just sit there and pray and think and, you know, chat with neighbors and find a way of connecting a little bit with people. I really enjoy that. Before lockdown, I was taking a faith-based yoga class where it was the exercises, but she'd play worship music. We would focus on connecting with God and praying during that time. I missed that so much. Thankfully, about a month or so ago, our teacher created a video and sent it to all of us and we could pay $10 to get this video and I just watch it over the same one over and over and over again. Yeah. Because I find it's stretching my body. My body really does want to move and stretch. Yes. Yeah. And so that's been really helpful I, because I, I'm visually impaired. I get a lot of neck problems. So I have to really keep my neck loosened up. I um, like to swim laps three times a week. I usually swim about a mile a pop. Wow. That really helps to, like you're saying, Jeanette, to release the tension throughout my entire body. Mm -hmm. I can literally feel the stress level decreasing as I do lap upon lap upon lap. And yesterday I wasn't feeling super great. And so getting that mile in was really a challenge, but I feel better today because of it. I feel more rejuvenated and lively today. And I also enjoy, like you, I enjoy taking walks in our neighborhood. We have a historic cemetery that's about a mile and a half from where I live. And I'll often walk down to the cemetery and then I just walk through the cemetery and look at the headstones. I know that sounds like kind of a morbid thing to do, but it's actually, you know, as a writer, it's really interesting because you go, what were the popular names back in 1856, you know, and you see these interesting names that people had and just the lovely things that their families inscribed on their headstones, beloved father and son and grandfather. And a lot of them are veterans of World War I. It is a veterans cemetery. And so you see many, many veterans who've been buried there from various wars that the United States has been involved in over the last century and a half. I find that soothing because it's very quiet in the cemetery. I'm usually (laughs) the only one there. (laughs) And it's just so peaceful. The grounds are just gorgeous, impeccably kept up. And like I said, it's about a three-mile round trip from my house. So that's a good walk for me. That's a great walk. So listener, our encouragement for you today is after you turn off this podcast, if you're not already exercising while you're listening, and I know a lot of, actually a lot of my listeners do exercise while they're listening to an episode, Jeanette and I want to encourage you to get away from your computer, get away from any electronic devices and go do something active. Get out there and get that creative part of your brain engaged today. Yes, I would encourage you. So Jeanette, where can we go to learn more about you? Well, my website is JeanetteHanscom.com. I'm on Facebook, mostly on Facebook. I don't do a lot of Twitter. I'm starting to do Instagram a little bit. I mostly post my lettering pages on, on Instagram. 
I will include a link to Jeanette's website and her Facebook page in the show notes. So be sure to head over to bloggingbistro.com where you'll find the show notes, you'll find the transcript of today's episode, and you'll find an invitation to join the Professional Writer Podcast Community, which is our private Facebook group where we support and encourage and challenge and learn from one another. Many of our guests are members of that group, so you have the chance to get up close and personal with our guests. And again, you'll find the link to join that group at bloggingbistro.com. Also in the show notes, you'll find a link where you can click to subscribe to the podcast and I will email you a notification of every episode. They come out every Monday morning. You can also listen to the podcast from your favorite podcasting app like iTunes, now known as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. You just open the app, key in the professional writer, the show will pop up and you can save it to your favorites so that you don't miss an episode. And if you're enjoying the show, I hope that you'll share it with a friend. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll be back with you again next week, same time, same place.